Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. All right, so we're going to do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Just a quick update, because we came in to record today, and I thought, the world is going crazy with coronavirus. Right. Actually, this is a time-limited thing, so we should just say the date that we're recording it, which is February 26, 2020. Right. And so I said, Dr. Dean, you are an infectious disease expert. He is going on news after news station and talking about coronavirus and what we have to worry about. And I said, our listeners and our parents are worried about this. Right. And usually we try to choose subjects that are like relatively timeless that, you know, won't age out in a few months or weeks. But this this is just like for today or for the next week or something that this is going to be timely. And after that, you're going to need to get an update somewhere else. Exactly. So we don't have a parent question. We don't have any of that stuff, but we want to give you the up-to-date information about coronavirus. So we're talking novel coronavirus, COVID-19, this new one. Right. Not the ones that we see sometimes in kids that have upper respiratory infections or the common cold. I was recently in the hospital and I was seeing some kids at UC Davis. Sometimes kids share a room. And so there was a kid that was admitted with something called bronchiolitis. It's a lower viral, lower respiratory tract infection. And we do these things called respiratory viral panels where you swab the nose. And this one came up positive coronavirus, right? right. And everyone was up in arms, but... But that test only tests for the four common coronaviruses, which generally cause an upper respiratory tract infection, about 30% in adults. And the only time it causes lower respiratory tract infection in the lungs is in infants, where it causes bronchiolitis and an inflammation of the small airways of the lungs. And then if you have a weakened immune system, it can cause pneumonia in adults too. But it's usually just a cold. Right. So that is not something to worry about. But what is the difference between that coronavirus and this new corona, the novel coronavirus that we're seeing. So there's three coronaviruses that cause severe infections. So people may have heard about severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, and that was in 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. And that one caused about 10% of the people who got it would die from it. And then there's MERS, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Oh, I always thought it was MERS. Oh, it could be MERS. (laughs) I I don't know. I I just read about it. Tomato, tomato. There you go. So that one um, uh, is even worse. That causes about uh, 34% of the people who get that end up dying. Wow. Um, And then there's this new one, which just started in November or December in China. It started in um, Wuhan as the epicenter, and that's COVID-19. And um, that's been where it originated, and then it spread all over the world. Yeah. So we're seeing this a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents are wondering, um, you know, the majority of our listeners are in the U.S., but really they're all over. So people want to know, how worried do we have to be? that our kids or ourselves or our our grandparents are going to get this. So there's a balance. So the bad news is it's a novel coronavirus, meaning nobody in the world is immune to it. Mm -hmm. And so 
everybody potentially can get infected with this. The whole world is susceptible to this. So that's the bad news. Mm -hmm. The good news is that it generally causes a mild illness. So about 80% of people who've been reported so far have had mild illness, 20% have had severe illness, and about 2% of people who've had this have died. However, you have to take that with a grain of salt because I think that only the most severe cases have been tested. Once they start doing more widespread testing, they'll find people who are asymptomatic when they're infected or much milder symptoms that just don't even come to medical attention. I expect that 2% case fatality rate to drop. Gotcha, gotcha. So it doesn't sound like this is as severe at this point as the SARS or the the Middle Eastern Respiratory. Right, and we still need a lot more data. So, for example, there's something called the R-naught. I don't want to get too technical, but that's the number that tells you how transmissible it is, like for how many people are going to get infected from each case. Mm -hmm. And so right now, it's it's estimated that uh, the R-naught is about 2.3, which is lower than SARS, meaning it's less transmissible in a way than SARS. Right, right. Um, But it's also less transmissible than uh, than influenza and others. It says it's less transmissible, and yet we've had so many more cases than we ever had a SARS. Mm. So I think that number must be wrong. So I so think we need more research. We need more research. I think it's going to be a higher number than two point three. That's why we're having this explosive outbreak, and really on almost every continent now. Interesting. So you know. I see these pictures of everyone, like, in airplanes wearing those masks. Mm -hmm. Everyone, there's really, like, mass hysteria about this. Yeah, Like, we don't even mm -hmm. have enough masks in the hospital anymore to, like, go in and see our patients because everyone is using them all over the world. Are we recommending this? I'm not, I know a lot of people like this. I'm not recommending it. You have to realize that those rectangular masks, the flimsy one, the surgical mask. That everyone's wearing. That everyone's wearing. Those are designed so the people who wear them, if they're sick, they're not transmitting to others. They're not designed to prevent infection of the person wearing them because they're pretty loose and things can get in on the sides. So coronaviruses are are transmitted by droplet transmission, meaning that when people cough or sneeze, Um, The droplet can be suspended in the air for up to six feet. And then if people breathe that in, if you're nearby, then you can get infected. That can get in through the sides and the top and the bottom of the mask. If you really want to protect yourself, you have to wear the N95 masks. Nobody wants to wear those because they're so uncomfortable. Because they're so uncomfortable. And you have to wear them all the time. Would you really want to wear an N95 all the time? No. It gets pretty hot and humid under there, right? I'll take my chances. (laughs) Right. And so you can't just wear them like when you're on the airplane or something like that. You know, you have to wear them like all the time. It's really uncomfortable. Okay. So the masks, maybe not the best idea. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like that's really going to protect you. So what are just like common sense things that parents can do? And that doesn't just go with coronavirus or this novel coronavirus. It goes with all viruses Mm -hmm. that we can do to decrease the likelihood that we will get a virus that's transmitted, like you said, by droplet, Mm -hmm. which is like uh, when someone coughs or sneezes or things like that. So what you want to do, this is easy to say, harder to do, but you want to stay away from sick people, right? So if you're sick, don't go to school, don't go to work, protect your coworkers. Um, And if you are around sick people, if you see somebody coughing or sneezing, just move away from them. Um, make sure that if you do cough, cover your cough. Don't cover it with your hand because then your hand's going to touch a bunch of stuff and contaminate things. And these viruses can live for a short period of time on surfaces. Um, and then you want to um, 
when you touch surfaces, before you touch your mouth, your nose, um, or your eyes, make sure you wash your hands because it can be transmitted that way also. How much hand sanitizer have you gone through in the past month? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have like one of those big Costco ones at home? I saw you put it on I've earlier today. i got one today, right here with me. Yeah, no, I carry it around with me because, you know, you touch a door handle. That's a high-touch surface. I don't know who's touched that. Did they wash their hands? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, door handles, shopping carts, those kind of things, telephones in public places, like in the hospital, for example, keyboards. You know, I wash my hands after using those. Okay. The last question I have is... A lot of people have travel plans, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they're scared. You know, there was that cruise ship that was, like, just quarantined in the ocean in Japan, or maybe they were planning. We just heard one of my co-residents was canceling his trip to Japan. Dr. Jason. Dr. Mm -hmm. Jason. Mm -hmm. And another one of my co-residents canceled their trip to Japan. And so, is this something that people should be canceling vacation plans for? Well, I used to say no, but that changed as of yesterday, and here's the reason why. So, I think it's safe to travel. I'm just looking at the case counts from the European Center for Disease Control. Um, As of today, they report a total of 81,000 cases. Of those 81,000 cases, 78,000 are in China. So, really, the vast majority of cases are in China, and the State Department's already put through travel restrictions to China, and they're not recommending travel to China. 80% of the cases in China have been in Hubei province. That's where Wuhan is, the epicenter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, of the outbreak. So, I think if you're not traveling to China, it's safe to travel. That being said, cases are popping up all over the world, and the public health response has been to close borders and to quarantine people. I think it was wrong to quarantine all those people on the cruise ship. There's people who were infected on the cruise ship. That's putting everybody who's quarantined on the cruise ship at risk. You want to get them off the cruise ship, take the symptomatic people away from the, the people who are asymptomatic, and isolate them that way. With all these draconian measures being taken, these mandatory quarantines, if you travel out of country... Do you want to get stuck? Do you want to get stuck? Do you know if that country is going to like close their border and not let you out? Do you know if the U.S. is going to close the border and not let you back in? I don't know. I think, really, the world has gone kind of nuts in response to this. We know in the past... With the SARS outbreak, with um, Ebola in West Africa in 2014, public health took an evidence-based approach, which was don't close the borders, leave them open. We want to know that people are crossing the borders, keep track of them. We know borders are porous anyway. Closing the borders does stigmatize people. So we know that China's had a lot of uh, stigmatization. um, And we want help to reach those in need. So closing borders um, is always wrong. I don't know why this time it's perceived to be right by several public health officials. So maybe if you had big travel plans and you needed to get back to something, that it wouldn't be the time to go. For example, my co-residents, mm-hmm. you need you have two weeks and then you better be back. You better be back so, to take your rotation, exactly. your ships, right? <laughs> so you uh, can't really gamble with the fact that you may be quarantined. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You might not want to gamble with that. So I really appreciate you taking time to do this impromptu coronavirus. Mm-hmm chat. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that in summary, we can kind of tell parents, 
what they can take away from this to keep their kids safe, not only from this novel coronavirus, but also from all viruses as we had influenza, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what you recommended is those masks are not really that useful. The bigger things would be to avoid people when they're sick with cough, Mm -hmm. cold, symptoms, fever. Right. Um, Also, cough etiquette. So coughing into your elbow, not into your hand. Children as young as two or three, you can teach them this. Yeah. And, you know, making sure that you're frequently washing hands, avoiding those high-touch surfaces Mm -hmm. like you talked about. Yeah. So soap and water or the alcohol-based hand gels. And um, realize that kids um, are going to have suboptimal hygiene due to their normal development. They're going to (laughs) be touching a lot of stuff and putting things in their mouth. And the good news related to coronavirus is it seems to be affecting older people um, more severely. And so children have not been as severely affected. It's really older. Right now, it's older males, people like me, that are (laughs) at more risk for complications. And, And kids have been reported to be infected, but almost all the cases have been mild in children. That's great to know. And I want to close with the fact that here in the United States, influenza remains the bigger risk. We've had more than 16,000 deaths in the U.S. so far this year from influenza. Over 100 of those have been pediatric deaths. So that's a tragedy. And we've got a vaccine. It's not perfect, but it helps. It It works. works. It minimizes the severity of a disease. Mm -hmm. And it's not too late to get your kid immunized against influenza. Absolutely. Absolutely. 